Hello and welcome to another episode of Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast. Now, if you are hearing smacking noises in the background, no, that is not a zombie outbreak. That is my two cats, Susie and PJ, eating their midday second lunch, early dinner, one out of four times that they eat mm-hmm. a day. Especially when we're off. Yeah. yeah. If we're at home and uh, they uh, they just ask and we bend to their will because um, that is that's what we do. They are the what are they? They are the masters. We are the zombies. We do what they tell us to do. Right. So today's episode will be on the history of zombies in pop culture and media. Uh, something I've wanted to cover for quite some time here. So, you know, I think it's really interesting, the horror genre and its effect on Hollywood and, you know, vice versa. Um, and, you know, this this subject's pretty fascinating and the origins of it. So, um, yeah, uh, we'll just get into it. What's your, what's your favorite zombie movie? That's funny. I was literally just about to ask you that. Damn it. Yeah, now I got to answer My fa- first. Okay, so I'll go first. My favorite zombie movie if we're talking like legit zombies, you know, defined this is a zombie movie, it would be 28 Days Later, hands down. That's a really good one. It is gorgeously shot. It is a beautiful story. Its imagery is beautiful. It is relatable. They get right into the story. There's not too much exposition. I don't really like the ending of it, although I do think it was still beautifully shot and you know, seems believable. Um, if you watch 28 Days Later and you look at the DVD extras, they, there's an alternate ending that was never shot. And I think that alternate ending is just a little yeah. bit better. However, it doesn't set up for a sequel. So, and it seems like it would have been a little bit more of a budget, more on the budget to film that. So there is an alternate ending where uh, the main character my cat knocks over uh her cage her little carry case over there just to do it just to do it let me try to get into the carry case even though i hate getting into it when i know right yeah exactly. i know i'm gonna go anytime i have to get into the case, yeah i hate, I hate it. it but i like it now we're getting in oh, oh i'm gonna get in the other one what's this a barrel full of bells let's dig through this right now <laughs> oh and she's stuck and she's stuck on uh, that's no, reminder. I need to finish trimming. Trimming their nails. Damn yes. It. Okay. We'll yeah. add that to the list of other fucking shit we need to get done. So anyway, <laughs> zombie movies. 28 Days Later is hands down my favorite. I would say Night of the Living Dead, the original, is a close second, although I've never seen the 80s remake, but I'm sure it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Night of the Living Dead is a close second, just as like a psychological film you know but however they don't call the zombies zombies in in night of the living dead that's like before the word zombie was even in and i'm totally ruining what you were gonna no, say no no go ahead like yeah uh, they call them stuff. ghouls that's in right. it because yeah. it's not quite um where we were where we are in pop culture where that word comes in um god what are other, some other good ones? There, like, there are some really good ones. Fido, Fido is so good. Fido is amazing. 
Uh, Fido, if you've never seen it, is a spoof, I guess. A farce, a spoof on zombie movies. It takes place in the 1950s as if we've trained zombies to be our our domestic help. And it's, it's a take on humanity and it is a take on, you know, how we treat people that we perceive as less than and othered. And, uh, it's a really great, uh, parody on the American, American dream. Yeah. And yeah. What what a middle-class household is supposed to be kind of like, and Carrie Ann Moss is amazing in it. I, I had never seen her in anything like that because the first thing I saw her in, I think, was The Matrix, you know? So she's, like, this badass, yeah. like... And that's, like, one of those ones where, like, there's all these stars in it, and, like, you don't... It was just... I'd never heard of it until we were doing Halloween Horror Nights, and uh, Pat and I both acted in Halloween Horror Nights. We were scare actors, but one thing we do at Halloween Horror Nights is in the break room, there's always, like, movies playing all the time. Yeah, it seems and, like it's tradition there. Yeah, and you see, you get, it's like half an hour on, half an hour off. So you see the beginning of the movie, you miss a half an hour, and then you come back, you see the end of the movie. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, and we kind of played the same movies over and over again, so you could kind of catch it you, in you pieces. You eventually got you it. Get yeah. be- eventually, you put the pieces together. <laughs> um, but I remember Fido, someone brought that brilliant movie in, and I just was like so astonished by how good it was. Um, but I could list so many, so many. What What is your favorite zombie movie? Um, well, I definitely, yeah, 28 Days Later, I loved because yeah. that was like just the most realistic. But you can't movie. take that one. That one's mine. No, so. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it is. I think Dawn of the Dead is still mine. That's the one in the mall? In the mall. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That one's really that was good. Like, I love the dad from Modern Family is a fucking douche canoe. Yeah, <laughs> fucking oh horrible God. human being. Yeah, that's right. Um. And that just really shows oh off. I that just, really that just blew my mind. That's shows crazy. off the range of that actor, of, and that one's good because that one's like pretty realistic on what what that would be like. And I thought mm-hmm. that they really developed the individual characters, even though the individual characters were very um, stereotypical. You know, they all fit a certain mold. I thought that they were still pretty realistic in that sense. Um, in a zombie apocalypse where would you go now that we live here in Las Vegas and not in LA? So in LA, in LA, if I, if it were a zombie apocalypse where I would go would, I mean, our old apartment that we used to live in was pretty perfect, but I would try to get into the landlord's house because she had that gate that locked (laughs) her door locked with a gate. Um, And you could see out into the whole courtyard that's that was my plan if anything ever shit hit the ground was to like hopefully hope hope the landlord would let us in right yeah um (laughs) but the mall's not a bad idea but there's so many like in reality there's so many entrances and exits exits that you would have to block up like what the heck when you go behind like the shopping center by our place you see all the exits where they're dumping trash and stuff you know yeah that's a lot of doors i here in vegas i would pick some place like i hate to say it i pick some place like trump tower because there's like like no casino floor so there's like you know plus i'd like to burn all the trump hats or whatever okay (laughs) this is getting political but i'd pick some casino like trump tower or maybe the cosmopolitan or maybe the 
I think uh, there's a few that have don't have big casinos on the floor. There's like very few entrances, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But I feel like everyone's gonna go to the mall or go to the well, casino. I mean, I I would assume the strip would be a bad place just because of the people. You know, there's guaranteed to be. That's where it would spread. Yeah. Ooh, South know? Point. South Point would be cool. But South Point. But again, yeah. again, it's a casino, so like there's gonna there's gonna be people there eventually. No, not South Point, but that apartment ac- complex oh. ca- across from South Point that looks like the steampunk. That's hilarious. Uh, it looks like what's that? Oh God, what is that movie that? engines uh, mortal, engines. mortal engines that's what yeah. it looks like it looks like it's about to spring up feet and like walk around, walk around and then yeah. that's why i'd pick it because <laughs> it probably gets go. up and walks around yeah so we can it would be motherfucking house moving castle <laughs> straight up walking through where did they go in that that horrible horrible zombie movie army of the dead the, that was the, here that uh, why am i yeah. shouting yeah. um because <laughs> yeah. i'm so mad at it i absolutely love movies that take place in las vegas and army of the dead was horribly disappointing well it was like they didn't do anything in vegas yeah like like everything they they could have shot things in yeah, vegas but it's all cgi like obviously too and like okay like so the, the stage that they set up for the cgi scenes was like always the same like pieces of rubble it was like the same it was so blurry it's so you know? blurry yeah it was so oh my god let's just that, yeah. let's just like do a dual focus with a fucking lens flare just to cover up things all the time. Right. And we'll uh, just film take, it in slow motion. Well, so we only have to film. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact that I had to rehire that actor and take Tig, Notoro. Is that her? Their, their name. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, granted, I love them a lot. Um, who, I don't know who, what their pronouns are. Who but did they take out? I can't remember, but they, that guy had You're like, right some me too situation going on but tignatoro yeah, was, really was and i'm probably pronouncing their last name wrong is it natoro tig something i don't know natero natero they're they're fantastic um i love their comedy i love their interviewing um yeah, i thought they were really good in that movie and it was refreshing in in that film and they did really well with the cgi to make it seem like that person uh, like there was no, was I wouldn't the better CGI I in the didn't film. even know until after I saw after the film, that part was good. But the fact that it was all garbage CGI through the whole thing was like the consistency of it. So like, yeah, we can cover up our seams when everything's blurry, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I don't mind movies that are in like a fake reality, like Percy Jackson, when they come to Vegas and it's like the Lotus casino, that scene is so fucking beautiful and scary like it's because they're trapped in this like weird purgatory situation Mm -hmm. but it's like so positive and it is like such a beautiful depiction of vegas and then when they go to hollywood and hollywood's the underworld of so gorgeous so so gorgeous and it wasn't like a real there's no real casino called the lotus but like when they did it in army of army of the dead uh where they go to the caesar's palace equivalent it was just so fucking like disappointing yeah, and cheesy and yeah. like I don't know. I was just so mad at it. And like this is our opinion. This is our opinion. There's so many people who love this movie who thought it was a really good And who are totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> what did Gabe say? Our friend Gabe watched it with us and he was like, 
this is why you never do roadhead which <laughs> is so true because that's right so that, was true. Like, that was like the opening scene that's how, that, the, that's how the outbreak happened i mean honestly though that good horror movies do start out with like a scene like that like like um the the hook the like you know the situation of like the boy and the girl are doing something they're not supposed to mm-hmm. you know right, yeah. uh you know the hook the what is it the town that feared sunset you know that whole situation like you know so that doesn't make for a bad horror movie that's actually pretty classic beginning of a horror movie mm-hmm. but yeah I, I think gabe had the, had the right thought on that <laughs> i felt so bad that we all watched it together like that's the worst is when you have friends over and you're like let's all sit and watch this movie yeah, and it ends up being like a not a good movie and i and gabe didn't want to watch it he didn't want to watch I could, it I, I know that and then i was like yeah there's nothing really else on it he's like oh well, okay you know i'm like yeah I know. He was. Maybe, ha- it's fine. He was happy I mean, just to hang s- out. It's fine. Yeah, we still hung out. And it was a fun yeah. time. But it's like, yeah, it's always disappointing. It's I mean, like, we uh, watched his movie. We watched what was that? Uh, Danny Elfman weird true. ass musical. I mean, I still enjoyed. I did. Those. It was really good. Yeah. It was really good. Oh, my God, like, what was even that? Even if it's called? really weird, it's fine. You know. Yeah. Because it's just weird to see like somebody like the skeleton of cadaver or whatever the forbidden zone forbidden zone shout out to gabe in the forbidden Forbidden zone Zone. uh the skeleton of cadaver that was the The other one he made us watch which was pretty awesome Mm -hmm. so you know is that a zombie movie i mean the skeleton kind of comes to life i think that was the first uh movie we watched with gabe maybe i I don't know first movie night maybe we should do that again yeah, it's been a while. Gabe, if you're listening, come up with a movie right, for us yeah, to watch. We'll, we'll Anyways, watch you're going to do a whole list of movies now. Right, yeah, exactly. uh, So we'll before, pick from this. Before we just kill off on our tangent. Um, um, so you're going through the assignment that I gave you, which should be a brief history of the pop culture. Uh, pop. What am I saying? I've had too much around already. Yeah. Um, a brief history of <laughs> zombies in pop culture. And uh, why we love them. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, just yeah, I think you initially said zombie pop culture timeline. Um, yeah. Was, so I kind of went off of that. Um, before I get into it, of course, got some of my information from Wikipedia. Um, and then this cool article on Kerrang.com. How do you spell it? K-E-R-R-A-N-G dot com. Yeah, I think it's like a... Uh, Kerrang! Uh, and then Ohio State University dot edu. Um, they actually have like a class. On zombies and pop culture or just on pop just culture? On the um, uh, zombies in general. Oh, okay, that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I, mean, I guess cool. that makes sense because there's, as I'm sure you're gonna get into there is like some um history and science to it oh yeah and in religion and uh there's like it's a whole i don't see why it wouldn't be a class it's it's a huge cultural thing Mm -hmm. you know and uh i'm when we get to my story i'm just gonna go into a small part of it and i'm sure there's a lot of other pieces out there culturally from people coming back from the dead jesus <laughs> you know just to name a few right, yeah. <laughs> you know um, the carpenter named jesus 
You know. All right. All right. Well, so what do you got? Um. Uh, so yeah, zombies or zombie. Um. Coming from it's. I mean, it's believed to be originated in Haiti, Haitian Creole, I guess, which I'm sure you're gonna get get into. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is the the mythological uh, undead created through reanimation of a corpse. Uh, zombies are most commonly found in horror and fantasy, um, but the term does come from Haitian folk- folklore, uh, in which a zombie is a dead body reanimated through various methods. Magic or voodoo. <coughs> um, but, so, we were talking about modern media, um, which is more science fiction um, where there has there's radiation and mental illnesses and pathogens and parasites or scientific accidents they, yeah they always try to like explain it off with some sort of it's usually like that thing, it's usually you know? not uh, voodoo not necessarily know? yeah not except all. for some, some serpent the, and the rainbow yeah, the serpent and the rainbow yeah. which is what we watched recently and was, i should not spoil that because that's a huge part of what i'm about, about to talk about that's so, hilarious okay. that was really forget good i said that um, <laughs> cut that <laughs> Um, so you talked about, um, Dr. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh, yeah. I was about to say that's my favorite zombie movie. Technically, yeah, he's not a zombie in it. He's not, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I kind of thought about it, because I did put that kind of at the top of my list, because that was one we had talked about, but, Mm -hmm. um, if you're not familiar with The the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, it's a, a very... It's, one, it's it's rumored to be one of the first horror films, basically. It's fantastic. It's it really is, brilliant. Yeah. It, honestly, when people ask me what my favorite movie is, I always say that. And I almost said it as favorite zombie movie uh, this time. But, like, technically he's not a zombie, but it is mm-hmm. establishing mean, that idea of someone controlling someone else. You could say it's know? a zombie movie. You could say it's a vampire movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, for sure. Yeah. Um, which which I think a lot of people have taken vampire lore from that mm. film itself. Not oh, maybe yeah. maybe not lore in general, it, but maybe like the how the scene works and how the horror was created. And I want to say it controlling came, the person. I want to say it came out just a few years before Nosferatu came out, but probably it did, probably yeah. after Bram Stoker wrote Dracula. It probably came out after that. The fact after the book yeah but it's a german expressionism film it takes place in the mind of a crazy person as he recalls events from his youth um sorry i'm talking too much about it i love no, I mean, it so that, much i literally i was okay that's go ahead, i was talking go ahead, about go it ahead, so gonna... if you're not familiar <laughs> so at a carnival in germany uh francis and his friend alan uh, Francis played by Friedrich Bayer and Alan played by Rudolf Lettinger. Not that anybody would recognize those names. Now, they were famous at the time. But that's like yeah, like they were a big deal. This at the is a hundred years ago. So. Yeah. Um, and they encounter the crazed Doctor Caligari, played by Warner Krauss. Uh, the men see Caligari showing off his somnambulist Caesar, played by Conrad Bate, a hypnotized man who the Doctor claims can see into the future. Shockingly, Caesar then predicts Alan's death, and by morning, his chilling prophecy has come true, making Caesar the prime suspect. Uh, however, is Caesar guilty, or is the doctor controlling him? You know, that's the whole... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also... 
it's a silent film basically and it's also um like 20 minutes maybe it's pretty it's, a, it's about i want to say it's about an hour it is an hour it's about okay, an hour maybe you're right yeah Ugh, i love it so it's much it's been a long bro. time since i've seen the it. sets are beautiful all of it is like a distorted reality fantasy you know and it's very much on the vein of like tim burton and you know um danny elfman you know and which is why they come together they are probably hugely inspired by this film they had no to doubt be. no doubt they had to be yeah you're yeah right. I, I know tim burton talks about german expressionism but this is like the prime example you know and i'm sure there were other examples that have just been lost over time you know um of this sort of idea of having this altered distorted reality but yes God, so good. yeah right so good if you're not if you're not pausing our podcast right now to go watch it right now you're not doing yourself any favors <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop listening stop listening and go watch cabinet <laughs> The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, sorry. Yeah. Was, right. yeah. <laughs> They're on a first name basis, T and Cabinet. Me and Cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. You know Cabinet more than Dr. Caligari. Yeah. I don't know his first name. Um, so there's also Victor Halperin's movie, White Zombie, which came out in 1932. Oh, yeah. Uh, which was um, later the inspiration for white zombie the band um is, but also they take rob zombie takes uh the music video of living dead girl is like a shot for shot recreation of cabin of dr caligari just with a girl instead of a boy right. uh yeah so i mean yeah inspiration mm-hmm. it's and living dead girl was my whole entire childhood which explains so much. So much. Yeah, <laughs> so <definitely> much. <laughs> Living dead girl. Uh, okay. So yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're done. Um, <laughs> yes. That's that's thought to be the first zombie movie. Um, Starring the wonderful Bella Lugosi, right? In um, White Zombie? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. I didn't have that down, but I think you're right. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a hit, but it did. Uh, it wasn't a huge hit, you know. It, wasn't, it did make a, uh, enough money that zombie movies were then seen as a viable project. Um, but this one did use the Haitian voodoo uh, influence idea of zombies being enslaved. Um, through the 40s and 50s, zombies were a go to for schlocky filmmakers, which I had to keep in. Um, (laughs) definitely schlocky Um, occasionally combined with Nazis as in 1955's Creature with the Adam Brain for um, extra (laughs) extra ridiculousness I have not seen that that sounds fantastic jot that one down pause it now and go see Creature with the Adam Brain and let us know what it's like his name's Adam Brain? no (laughs) (laughs) fucking Oh, okay. Oh, no, that's a thing in the movie. (laughs) Starring Adam Adam Brain. Brain. (laughs) I was like, he's got the name for... I'm the Adam Brain. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. And here's Creature. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. I think I know what movie you're talking about. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1955. Yeah, we, I'm going to have to try and watch yeah, it. Yeah, let's maybe, watch maybe it. Maybe I've seen it before and I don't even know. We're just going to watch it when we're super drunk tonight. Okay. Um, so the English word zombie was first recorded in 1819 uh, in a history of Brazil by the poet Robert Sudi in the form of zombie, Z-O-M-B-I, which is kind of a lot more familiar to the Haitian mm-hmm. version of it. Um the Oxford Dictionary gives the word's origin as West African and compares it to the Congo. The words Nazambi, which words would be God, and Zumbi or Nazumbi, which is fetish. Uh, some authors also compare it to the Congo word Vumbi, which would be ghost or revenant or corpse that still retains the soul, which I thought is mm. such a cool one. Corpse that still retains um, Zumbi. Right. There's also Navumbi, which is body without a soul. A Kumbundu, to Portuguese dictionary, in from uh, 1903, defines the related word Nazumbi as soul. While a later Kumbundu Portuguese dictionary defines it as being a spirit that is supposed to wander the earth to torment the living. One of the first books to expose uh, Western culture to the concept of the voodoo zombie was W.B. Seabrook's The Magic Island, uh, 1929. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd like to read that. Uh, The account of a narrator who encounters voodoo cults in Haiti and their (laughs) resurrected thralls. Um, Oh, sorry. Sorry, I just need to sneeze there. It's my soul escaping my body. You're in a zombie. Peter. <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm sorry. Edit that out. Yep, keeping it in. <laughs> uh, a new version of the zombie, uh, of course, came out with uh, George A. Romero's film Night of the Living Dead in 1968, which a lot of people would also believe would be like the first zombie film because this is like the first type of this type of zombie. Yeah. You know, this is where we're getting more into the. Slow walking, slow walking, people rising from the dead. Possibly mutated, radiated. Maybe, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Well, because there's like, isn't there like an eclipse or something? And then the, the zombies start. That's right. Something like that. Something like that. But yeah, I can't remember. That is such a good movie, though. Be- That's a really good one. I And I just love it because it's the perspective of these people who don't understand what's going on. Which would be, which would be accurate. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they don't call them zombies because they don't know what. And. They don't know what's going on. They call them ghouls, you know, which I think would maybe be accurate, I guess, you know? I mean, if, if, because it's about people at, before that time, you know, so like, yeah, the term zombie wouldn't have been a thing. I mean, I feel like media wouldn't be like, people are rising from the dead. They're zombies, you know, like necessarily. Like, you know, there are sick people. Yeah. Beware of these sick individual. You know, they would like, you know, or, you know, they would have like some disease name for it. You know, they might be infected with the blah, blah, blah. That's, it's, that's such a good movie, not just in zombie pop culture, but just in like movie history in general. Mm -hmm. And to show that you don't need a big budget to make a movie that's going to be a milestone in history. Mm -hmm. You, you just need, good writing, good directing, and good actors. You know, you cast people based on 
their ability to act and be serious and be in the moment, you know, and the rest, you know, will come together, you know, like it's in like one set. There's like two sets of the whole film and it's, it's so brilliantly done and it holds up so well to this day. Mm-hmm. It was such a beautiful movie. Uh, yeah, so that movie was inspired by Richard Matheson's novel, I Am Legend, which mm. came out in 1954, which eventually became the movie with Will Smith. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you watched it. It was okay. It wasn't, wasn't terrible, but it wasn't wasn't that great. It, it, it turned. It was mostly turned into like this weird CGI action movie. So Yeah. But that was definitely a thing at the time, so I was like, eh, it was okay. I don't mm. know. I don't know. I also don't know how accurate the movie was to the book. You know, I can put that on my list of books to read. That'd be a fun one. Yeah. Fifty-four. I'd be interested in seeing yeah. what they think. But but yeah, like you said, the word zombie is not used in Night of the Living Dead. Uh, it was later just applied more by fans mm. um, because you know zombie films later. Other films started coming out like Dawn of the Dead in nineteen seventy-eight. Um, Michael Jackson's music video Thriller came out in eighty-three. Oh yeah. Um, but after that, the genre kind of died out like 10 years you know like after the after the thriller basically <laughs> michael jackson what killed a shame zombie thriller is fantastic <laughs> no it is but maybe they were like you know like we can't beat michael, can't beat jackson. michael. Nope. yeah exactly cannot beat we him. can't even beat him in a horror movie he still he killed us at this too. um so who, who directed that wasn't it i don't know martin landau that directed that um, later on, you know, in the 90s, it did come back with um, video games like Resident Evil and The House of the Dead. I love Houses of the Dead. Such a good game. That was like when arcades were coming back, you know? Yeah. Because arcades were big in the 80s, but it waned out, you know? And then like uh, Mortal Kombat yeah. and all that other stuff came in. But so. the last time we played House of the Dead, it was like that 3D. Oh, and I actually awesome. got scared. I felt like so stupid because I was actually like super uncomfortable with it because it was like 3D and yeah, vibration like, of the seats and, like and screaming in your ear. Yeah, it was like a whole thing. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I'm so um, glad they still have that in arcades though. Right. Yeah. House of the Dead. So I am so I'm kind of anti-gun. Like I don't guns make me uncomfortable, but I will always play the shooting games at arcades. Right. <laughs> Especially when zombies are involved. um so yeah this the 90s um brought more of a scientific approach to the zombies i guess this was like more like where viruses and stuff Mm. and um these were not the slow walking zombies usually um these were quicker you know sometimes they're running 28 days later zombies exactly yeah um then uh western zombie films became a thing in the early 2000s uh, but that was more of like some of these were like filmed in asia like none of, none of them were like big films please name some names though uh zombie or bio zombie or versus some ones i haven't seen uh this bio zombie is apparently a comedy though so oh, okay uh, but then they got into, yeah, like, like I said the week before, the 28 Days Later. Uh, but uh, speaking of, so sorry, I want to tangent for a second. There's 
speaking of Western zombies, though, there is an RPG game called Red Dead Redemption. No, not Red Dead Redemption. Uh, but oh, what is it called? I want to say it's called Deadwood, but it's literally like Dungeons and Dragons, but you play, oh God, what is it called? Where it's a zombie world, but it's a, it's a Western. And I know Josh, or Josh is who our DM, we play D&D Tuesday nights. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> letting you all know wanted to play that and so like so that's like it is a genre the western zombie you know um so i don't know i just thought that was pretty interesting that someone's there there is um pop culture outside of films you know people have made games comic books and things like that you know based on this genre and i'm sure every film that you've mentioned on this list has a parallel comic book as well probably Um, yeah I want to say it's called Deadwood, but I'm not sure. Um, if you know, email us and leave a comment. Um, but yeah, uh, the zombie Western is definitely a thing. Um, I'm just thinking of the movie Bubba Hotep as well, but that's a mummy. <laughs> that's a mummy. And that's, that's a fantastic film as well. Is it? Maybe not, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, you know. It's not that bad. It's watchable. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Um. So yeah, the two thousands brought twenty eight days later, Resident Evil, House of the Dead. Uh, not the video games this time, the movies, because mm. that was what the two thousands was about was making movies about video games from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um. Not that we're out of that yet. Sonic the Hedgehog, fucking Super Mario with Chris Pratt. Yeah, yeah. The 90s was just such a, like, they were trying to do callbacks a lot to, like, nostalgic things and modernize them, especially with, like, um, House on Haunted Hill, The Haunting. Um, Oh, God, what's that? There is a, they're they're from the same person who created those movies in the 50s. I'm so stupid. I don't know what his name is, but uh, but that was like the '90s was to make these like we're gonna call back, we're gonna do Scooby Doo, and we're gonna do all right, of this, yeah. um, which is fine as well, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, some good came out of the '90s, you know. Um, House on Haunted Hill and uh, Thirteen Ghosts. Thirteen Ghosts. That's what I'm thinking of. House on Haunted Hill, The Haunting, Thirteen Ghosts. They're all uh, callbacks, you know. Mm-hmm. 13 Ghost is a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Fight me. <laughs> anyway, uh, so then you got into zombie comedy like Shaun of the Dead, mm. um, which is, you know, where this is also when we're getting to the apocalypse concept more. Uh, with the end of the world. Shaun of the Dead is so good, though. Really good. Especially because they they do add the sentimental aspect of it, you know, which mm-hmm. I think really made it made it a good film. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead's so good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. Then you got the Walking Dead franchise, mm. which was late two thousands. Um, this is definitely romanticizing the zombie. Um, archetype i guess oh yeah um 
with like basically you're just using the zombies as like you know i mean not using them but it's you know changes civilization so that's kind of more like where walking dead thrived was what's the new civilization going to be like yeah you know it's a framing device exactly you know the first episode which i'll be honest don't hate me listeners but that's the only episode i really watched all the way through maybe yeah I got, like, five episodes in before I was, like, I hate... Maybe maybe I did get, like, a few episodes. But the first one I definitely remember. It was really good. Yeah. The way they set up the whole thing, really good. Mm -hmm. You know? Him him having to, like, the horse gets eaten or whatever, and then, like, gets under the... Just really, really good. But they're romanticizing the idea, and they're also... I think it's, like, an escape for certain people. Well, yeah. Like, because the idea of the zombie apocalypse is not only appealing because it's this crazy thing and what's going to happen but i think there's also a lot of people that like want it to happen so they can rewrite how civilization is because yeah. then they don't have you don't to, really like, want to go to our nine to five jobs you know what i mean <laughs> and it's like it's so bad that we would like to have zombies take over the planet yeah so we have to fight each other for food like, I mean, that's I, how bad it is i felt that a little bit in the beginning of the pandemic when like i didn't have a job and I was unemployed, and I was like, "Well, I just, I guess I'll just stay home." Yeah, like, what do you? Yeah, exactly. What do you? What do you? Do? You know, What's, you you feel like, yeah, like you're purposeless, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, who am I without my job? Um, I Zombie though is another great modern show where it, I don't know if you mentioned that. I'm going. To oh, okay, good. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Did you want me? To no, go ahead. Again? Go ahead. Go All ahead. Right. I, I um, really like that show. I watched almost all of it right um so yes then we get into later um work i mean because basically the zombie idea evolved over, mm-hmm. especially in pop culture because we have this all new ideas of you know where did this come from like what's the and also these people especially writers are able to be like oh this is a cool idea let's let's push this side like mm-hmm. let's push this side of it you know like um uh, warm bodies which kind of explored more like a different side of the zombie mm-hmm. idea um zombie novels like uh, american gods by neil gaiman generation mm-hmm. dead by daniel waters and uh bone song by john meany uh the animated movie corpse bride oh yeah i guess uh, technically she would be right yeah a zombie pushing daisies which I didn't think of as a zombie book. I don't really. I've heard good thing about Pushing Daisies, it, it, it but was, I have not actually watched. I, I only it. watched like a couple episodes, but I remember it being like, "Oh, it's like a cool idea." But I never thought of it as like a zombie thing. But I guess technically it would be. Should put that on um, my list. I Zombie, of course, like you I said, yeah, so good. It's really, really good. I love how this actress is like kind of feels like out of her wheelhouse, but it's like. What would you do if your best friend turned into a zombie? Mm-hmm. And how would you cope with the fact that you're... I love how she just wakes up from this, like, pool party. This, like, yacht party that she went to. And she's like, I'm a zombie. And it, it it's a way that, like, these zombies have to live in secret. You know? it's mm-hmm. And it's it's very comic booky, which I love the style. It reminded me so much of... Um, lois and clark you know and that it 
that edgy comic book like we're not hiding from the fact that this is just a suspended reality fantasy you know uh idea and yeah i really liked i zombie i watched um uh, the whole first season and i got into the second season before i got distracted and moved on to other things <laughs> you know mm-hmm. but i must say i really really enjoyed the idea that you know she is a zombie but she's still um like coherent she's still functioning you know and it's kind of a superpower of her being a this zombie and where she when she eats the brains of other people she gains their abilities and gets insight into solving their crime their deaths or solving crimes through it it's just like such a very complicated concept but you're in for the whole ride you just go for the ride and you have fun and she's she's so adorable and the friends are adorable and the villains are like you know comic book villains and it's 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 a good one it's definitely a good one um yeah that's one of my faves definitely novels animated series basically the the genre has exploded at this point you know you can't really do something without it being um eventually someone turning it into a zombie parody or side story Mm. um Um, so I guess, yeah, so then we'll move on to the world of music, um, which isn't too huge, you know, as far as zombies, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, we already mentioned thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Thriller, of course. Um, when I mentioned white zombie, one of the first real bands that I ever got into, which I was, I I loved white zombie. I thought they had some awesome music. Um, cranberries. Um, there are undead themed bands like Send More Paramedics, uh, which I thought is a cool name for a band, and the Shai Hlud spinoff, Zombie Apocalypse, songs like Necrophagia's Embalmed Yet I Breathe, Cannibal Corpse's Evisceration Plague, and Obituaries Slowly We Rot, uh, all tell of macabre tales of torn flesh and exploded entrance. Uh, of course, we talked about Thriller, uh, and then, yes, the mega hit by Cranberries, Zombies, because it's in the title, of course, mm-hmm. it's about zombies. Uh, but it wasn't just movies. Zombie Walks uh, became a thing. Oh, yeah. I heard right? about that. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. That was, I was like, like a big thing. After doing this research, I was like, why did I have to do research to find that out? I was like, I totally forgot about that. But yeah, yeah it those aren't really a thing that much anymore that yeah, I've heard if, of. If you're not familiar, Zombie Walks would be like a, um, oh God, I can't remember the name of it. What's it where you just randomly start doing something? Uh, like a flash mob? Flash mob, yeah. And if you're not familiar with the flash mob uh, or a zombie walk, it is when masses of people dressed as the undead would shuffle around cities um, yeah, being a zombie, basically. Yeah. Um, but this was a very brief trend. Um, but I knew people that did zom- yeah. zombie walks. Yeah. I think you knew people that were like, yeah. had their own zombie website to be, I love when to be a zombie. Pat wrote this script where these people were giving a, doing a zombie walk in a zombie apocalypse. And it was like, 
they were like, for the art, man, we're doing it for the art. But there was only two of them left because everyone else got <laughs> killed along the way. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was, that was pretty funny. Yeah. Do you um, think it's a little inappropriate? Inappropriate yeah. to do a zombie <laughs> walk. Nah, the art, man. Um, uh, yeah. That's funny. Um, there was also a brief trend in publishing, adding zombies to established stories like Pride and Prejudice. And zombies. And zombies, yeah. Uh, then there was the post-Twilight explosion in young adult horror, uh, which saw series like The Enemy, set in London, where all adults have become zombies. Um, Max Brooks, uh, two books, The Sur- Zombie Survival Guide and World War Z, were both, bestseller- uh, both bestsellers, uh, which World War Z became a film, of course. Yeah. I think Zombie Survival Guide turned into something, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the comic series I Zombie became a TV show, and the Walking Dead comic sold record amounts, uh, which of course turned that's why they turned into a show. Um, the last few years have seen different takes. Uh, the Train to Busan. I don't know if you've ever seen that. One. No, I didn't know there were zombies in there, that. That's a it's a Japanese uh, horror film, but yeah, it's. It's pretty crazy. I don't know if I want to watch. Every time I've watched anything that was like Asian inspired horror, it's pretty it's messed serious. Up usually, yeah. Pretty. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Um, the ultra cheap Japanese one cut of the dead, uh, which made over a thousand times its budget. Um, nice. Um, Zack Snyder's 2021 mega budget green screen tastic, more is more gore fest army of the dead. I didn't write that. That was beautifully written. Oh yeah, we already we yeah, already went green, off on how green, green screen tastic. Yeah, um, there seems to be something about zombies we simply can't get enough of. Apparently, um, so if you're a fan of zombies, what could could be uh, more fun for you is to do zombie video games like the left for dead games there's also the zombie vr experience over by area 15 uh, where you, oh yeah where you get we should check that out and you get like shoot zombies and yeah stuff like that. um but yeah like i said before like i think there's um this fantasy of rewriting rewriting what civilization is you know because i remember as a kid thinking apocalypse would be so cool like which is really dumb because you'd be dead you know of course or or so close to dead all the time you know you know i think the wild west genre with the zombies makes sense makes sense because like when the apocalypse happens it's kind of the wild west where you there's lawlessness yeah and i would say walking dead is a western oh 100 with zombies yeah yeah. you know you know it happens. I think it starts in a rural town. So that that yeah. They're like literally riding horses he's with riding shotguns. A horse. yeah, you know, that's like the opening shot, yeah, or yeah. the closing shot. But yeah, so like, and and then the fact of being able to be violent every day, but it's like a normal thing. Yeah. You know, so I think yeah. that's another appeal to it. Is like, because I think humans i mean are obviously inherently violent you know yeah. so like but this gives them like an excuse you know like no there's zombies i gotta shoot them all in the head zombie land zombie we didn't even yeah, talk about that how beautiful that, yeah, that. Sure. oh it's not on my list actually. The, i feel bad the second one is not good 
No. Although I love Rosario Dawson, and I love that she's at Graceland. I like that. That was it. Yeah. Um, But no, yeah, Zombieland. Zombieland was good. Yeah. I think there is so much appreciation too for the comedy. Comedy zombie, comedy horror is just such, you know, such a beautiful genre in its own. When done correctly, Shaun of the Dead is so gorgeous, so well done. Zombieland, the first one, you know, the way the comic book style of the narration, Jesse Eisenberg's character narrating it is such a relatable character, you know, mm-hmm. so, so beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's, uh, I mean, I mean, that's like, I already missed one, Zombieland. I feel bad. But, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of zombie yeah. stuff out there. And like, yeah, like at the end of 2010, yeah, the whole genre exploded. It turned into, it's yeah. everywhere. It's going to be everywhere for a long time. And I know? hope we have more in the future, you know? Well, I hope I mean, it just it, doesn't stop. Luckily, we've seen it evolve into, mm-hmm. like, cooler and cooler things, you know? Like, even just redoing Dawn of the Dead and stuff, or uh, or just having yeah. Yeah, 28 Days Later, where it's just it's just a totally different idea yeah. or, or set of circumstances, you know, which, which turn it into a story. Yeah, locally, Majestic Theater is gonna is potentially doing Night of the Living Dead as That's a parody coming true. up. So, we, zombies will proceed. They <laughs> we, will. Return. They will. <laughs> yeah, Return of the Living Dead. Oh, we didn't even. <laughs> oh, I can't. Oh, I can't. Do, I can't, do can't all name of them. all of them. Yeah, I was just going Anyways. through the timeline. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, we, we, we should take a break. <laughs> Definitely now. And we're back. Yes, I've eaten a sandwich. I have some water here. I'm going to sober up. And uh, we'll continue on with our talk of zombies. Sorry, I'm going to let those sirens pass by. So I'm... There's a zombie outside. There's a zombie outside. Um, So I'm going to propose an idea a question so are zombies real maybe is that your answer is that your final answer is maybe oh oh, okay are zombies real i mean yeah i guess so yes um yes they maybe are (laughs) okay so yes um so that's kind of what i'm gonna talk about is um a, a case that came out that may or may not prove that zombies are real. So I'm going to talk about um, Wade Davis's, Edmund Wade Davis's book, um, The Serpent and the Rainbow, and the movie that came out a few years later by Wes Craven, directed by Wes Craven, one of his first, uh, of the same title, The Serpent and the Rainbow, and the very interesting case of we're gonna Clervius Narcisse. So Wade Davis uh, is Canadian is a Canadian cultural anthropologist and ethnobotanist, <laughs> author and photographer. 
and Davis came to the promise prominent prominence. Oh God, I'm so drunk. Davis came to prominence with his 1985 best-selling book, The Serpent and the Rainbow, about zombies in Haiti, which you talked a little bit about. Um, he is a professor of anthropology and the BC Leadership Chair in Cultural and Ecosystems at Risk at the University of British Columbia. So we talked a little bit about zombies in Haitian culture, and it is a huge part of their religion, commonly known as voodoo. Um, It's a part of it, you know, maybe not a huge part, but it is definitely something that they believe in. And um, I got most of my information from wikipedia goodscience.com and a vice video that i will look up real quick here um which i want to get the right name so sorry edit this you to be you (laughs) you to be you So I got most of my information from Wikipedia, goodscience.com, and uh, why is he talking? Yeah, or he didn't hit mute. Um, yeah. So I got most of my in uh, my information from Wikipedia, goodscience.com, and a Vice video called Hamilton Hamilton's Pharmacopia, where the this person actually goes to Haiti to seek out how to make a zombie and you know uh find the root of this belief in Haitian culture and i think if you're listening to this that's definitely worth watching um he's kind of a bro you know and He's definitely a privileged white person going into a culture that is not their own with his own judgments on it. And, you know, he's slightly entitled, you know, but he risks his life and he puts a lot out there to get this information to the public and to prove or disprove it, which I'm not sure if he does either, you know, but at least he goes and he seeks it out and it's definitely worth watching it's four or five parts you can find it on youtube um but worth watching it's definitely where i got most of my information so clairvius i'm gonna pronounce his name wrong all the time clairvius narcisse uh so he is where are my 
now. I lost my notes. Clairvius Narcisse basically is, uh, he admitted himself to the Schweitzer Hospital in Deschelepeles, Haiti on April 30th, 1962. He had a fever and fatigue and was spitting blood. Doctors could find no explanation for his symptoms, which gradually grew worse until he appeared to die three days later. He was pronounced dead and held in storage for about a day before burial. In 1980, a man, so in 1980, which is like close to 20 years later, a man identifying himself as Clairvius Narcisse approached Angelica Narcisse, which I believe is his wife, or I don't know if his ex-wife, I guess if you're dead more than 20 years, then, you know, I don't know how Haitian law goes, but in America, that would be um, a statute of limitations, you know, and he, he approaches Angela Narcisse in a city, in the city of Le Esther, uh, convincing her in several other villages of his villagers of his identity using childhood a uh, childhood nickname and he shares intimate information so he has a lot of information saying he is clervius narcisse mm-hmm. he claims that he had been conscious but paralyzed during his supposed death and burial and had subsequently been removed from his grave and forced to work at a sugar plantation per his account after his apparent death and subsequent burial on May 2nd, 1962, his coffin was exhumed and he was given a paste possibly made from Datura, which I'm going to look up right now. You're going to edit this. Oop. Possibly made from Datura. Uh, which is a flower, um, belonging to the deadly nightshade family, uh, which at certain doses has a hallucinogenic effect and can cause memory loss. So the Bokor who recovered him and a Bokor is, uh, or so Bokor is usually male, Kabbalata is usually female, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, both of those, uh, is a voodoo witch for hire who is said to serve the Loa, uh, which is with both hands, um, practicing for both good and evil. Uh, Their practice includes creation of zombies and of Oguras, talismans that house spirits. So it's basically a witch doctor medicine person the bakura who recovered him as stated reportedly forced him alongside others to work on a sugar plantation until the master's death two years later when the bakura died and immediately recognized uh sorry when the bakura died and regular doses of the hallucinogen ceased he eventually regained sanity and returned to his family after another 16 years. Narcisse was immediately recognized by the villagers and his family, 
when he told them the story of how he was dug up from his grave and enslaved, the villagers were surprised, but they accepted his story because they believed his experience resulted from the power of voodoo magic. He was seen as the man who was once a zombie. It has been further argued that Narcisse has broken one of the traditional behaviors, behavioral codes by abandoning his children and was made into a zombie as a punishment. When questioned, Narcisse told investigators that the sorcerer involved had taken his soul. The investigator of the poisoning was alleged to be uh, Clairvius's brother with whom Clairvius had quarreled over land and inheritance. The case of Narcisse was argued to be the first veritable, veritable example of the transformation of an individual into a zombie. Narcisse's story intrigued Haitian psychiatrist Lamarck de Dauyan. God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, through dismissing supernatural explanations, he believes that there was some degree of truth to the tale of the zombies and that he had been studying such accounts for decades. Suspecting zombies were somehow drugged and then revived, de Yuyan. Uh, reached out to colleagues in America, such as uh, Wade Davis, uh, who traveled to Haiti, where he obtained samples of the powder per powders purposely, purportedly, purportedly used to create zombies. So Serpent in the Rainbow really follows this character based on Davis going to Haiti and really looking for this powder which the Vice video that I had watched is very similar to that idea of going and looking for the powder. So many people, in, in the Vice video, so many people claim that they have the powder. So many try to say, oh, if you'll take this, you'll die. And they're, and they're, he does not come across this powder. He does not turn into a zombie, spoiler alert, you know. Um, but, uh, there is some science behind this idea uh, that Davis came across that one of the lesser ingredients in these powders uh, may have caused zombies. So in 1983, David Davis first advanced his hypothesis that tetra... Oh my God, and I'm so sorry. This is like the key ingredient, tetroxidoxin. Tetrodotoxin. Tetrodotoxin. Tetra you say Tetrodotoxin. Tetrodotoxin. Poisoning could explain the existence of the existence of Haitian zombies. This is an idea has been controversial, and his 1985 follow-up book, The Serpent and the Rainbow, elaborated upon this claim and has been criticized as containing a number of scientific inaccuracies. Uh so, yes and no. Okay. So, yeah. Science, not science. Maybe science. Uh, <laughs> maybe science. One of these is the suggestion that Haitian witch doctors can keep zombies in a state of pharmacological-induced trance for many years. As a part of uh, Haitian investigations, David commissioned the ex exhumation of a recently buried child, which he got a lot of flack. Or, you know, you dig up babies, ain't going to be good. 
you know, maybe we won't respect you in the scientific field, mm-hmm. you know, you know, unless it's uh, 1890s into the 1900s, then we can do whatever we want with dead bodies, <laughs> you know, apparently for the sake of science. Um, so he reported that Haitian voodoo priests were making a concoction that included the puffer fish chemical tetrodotoxin mixed with voodoo sorcery to cause paralysis in people and turn them into real life zombies. So uh, there's a lot to this, like puffer fish and there's several fishes in the family, same family of the puffer fish that are illegal to eat in the U S but can be found in Japan and other countries as well that have a very specific way that you have to cook them to uh, eat them. And I first found out about this when uh, I was watching um, Tasting History and he had a sponsorship from a company, I wanna say it's called Forbidden Snacks. And he had chips that, I wanna say it was Tasting History. Maybe it wasn't. Tasting History is a great YouTube channel though to watch, but I was wanted to say it was called Forbidden Snacks and it's their company that makes chips that are flavored like these things that are illegal. And they had a horse flavor, a human flavor, and they had the pufferfish flavor. Um, and it's illegal to cook this fish. You, you can cook it to, in a way that it's not going to kill you, you know, uh, but it's illegal because it has to be done so delicately that, you know, uh, only certain people can do it, you know, and the risk is so high. So even while, while it's been cooked or after it's been cooked a certain way and it's not going to kill you, there are still hallucinogenic properties to it. And that's why people eat it to have this kind of trip, you know? So Davis seeks out this, recipe for how to make a zombie and uh so if you're curious this is how you make a zombie and uh in the words of the black forager whose tiktoks i've been obsessed with recently don't die do not try this at home have fun snacking don't die (laughs) i'm gonna put this out there do not do this Do not try to make this concoction. I'm not promoting this in any way. Do not make this, especially because at least two of the ingredients on here are illegal. So good luck if you do, but don't. Don't make a zombie. Don't do this. Don't die, you know? So how to make a zombie? Uh, You're gonna need Daturus stramonium. Look it up. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm not giving you all the secrets. So you're going to have to do that research. Velvet bean, cane toad, pufferfish, which we just talked about, which is probably the ingredient to create this, uh, this, I don't know, phenomenon. Hispaniola boa, bearded fireworm, tarantula, cashew leaves, you know, to taste, you know, a sprinkling of cashew leaves to taste and the bones of a human child. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll just skip those, you know, which actually, you know, 
might be easier to get than you would think, you know, but please don't. Just don't. Just don't go. Do not mess with the dead. Do not go grave robbing. It will not turn out great for you. Do not do this. So it is believed that people are turned into zombies as punishment. And if a person dies of unnatural causes such as murder, the voodoo priestess can zombify them to access cheap labor to work in their fields. That's the idea. And the main ingredient that I mentioned was the puffer fish. So the underlying concept is to adopt, just say it. Tetrodotoxin. Okay. Uh, the underlying concept of Tetrodotoxin. zombification has been questioned more directly by on a psychological basis. Um, so TTX, which I should have called yeah, it from the beginning, uh, which blocks sodium channels on the neural membrane produces numbness, slurred speech, and possibly paralysis or even respiratory failure and death in severe cases. So basically gives you this whole, you stop breathing, you stop moving, you're you're paralyzed to the naked eye, to the common person, you seem dead. That's what happens when you eat pufferfish poison. But yet you're still alive, you know? Uh, But people who maybe aren't checking very well would think you're dead and you could get buried, you know, and that's possibility, you know? It's terrifying. (laughs) Absolutely terrifying. What's your biggest fear? That's mine. Uh, Yeah, being buried alive. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's it's always up there. Because I've been claustrophobic for a long time. Yeah. That's, That's a huge fear of mine. Like, that's why I like... I don't like cave movies. Yeah. You know, like, like anytime anybody goes into a cave, there's always that point where like, okay, well, we got to like lay down and slide and crawl through this hole. Yeah, like, I need to dislocate my shoulder to yeah, get and, like, through here. And all we got to do is like one slight rock moves and the whole thing crushes you and you're going to. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that, man. Yeah, that's, a big, that's probably my biggest fear. I think this stems from when I watched uh, <coughs> Fiddler on the Roof and they're like, if Saito marries my husband, this is the wedding gift I'll give for her. And they just start like, you know what I mean? They start just like throwing the dirt mm-hmm. and it's like, ah. that's like from, that's that. That's, <laughs> that's a weird route for a fear. That's a, that's um, <laughs> uh, also for Masera is on my bucket list of characters I want to play. But like that whole really? idea you know, of just be watching the dirt and watch, like, there's so much to it psychologically messed up. Being buried alive would be so scary. And it's not uncommon that people back in the day would be buried alive. That's where the term dead ringer comes from with the bell that would go. So they would have a, basically a string that would go into your coffin to, that was attached to a bell because if they accidentally buried, if they accidentally buried you, and you were still alive, you could ring a bell and hopefully someone would hear it and come and rescue yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, hopefully it's not like, you know, it's 8 o'clock or something. <laughs> you know, like, everyone's asleep, so you're going to be in there. You know, like, uh, so this, the pufferfish toxin will give you that, uh, that appearance of death. So, uh, uh, when you come back to life from the the pufferfish toxin, TTX, uh, you definitely, you have brain damage. 
and you go into like this sort of what we say is these zombie like state you know now whether or not someone's going to have control over you and you know like the cabin of dr caligari where he's able to control this person through hypnotism you know and the bakur i guess has the control over you whether or not that's real is really more part of the myth you know but uh but, you know, Davis did this research into it. So that is uh, maybe the possible truth behind zombies, you know. And that's that's as much as I have to tell you uh, about it. But it's still pretty, uh, pretty interesting, scary, terrifying stuff, you know. So, so on that note, don't make zombies. Watch zombie movies. Do not make them enjoy them from the comfort of your home hopefully the apocalypse does not happen don't die and stay spooky everyone <laughs> enjoy enjoy